Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by Huckberry. Huckberry is my favorite place to shop online. Everything from clothing, they got stuff for your everyday carry, camping gear, things for your house like furniture and even like art. You name it, they've got it and they handpick all this stuff to feature in their store. Go check it out at huckberry.com. And if you want to see some of the things I've purchased from Huckberry over the years, go to aom.is slash aomhuck. And if it's your first time purchasing, use code ART15 at checkout and you'll save 15% off your first purchase. Again, aom.is is slash AOM Huck and then code ART15 to save 15% off your first purchase. This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. I'm a big believer that the world belongs to the autodidactics, people who can teach themselves. So I'm always looking for resources to help me learn new skills on my own. And lynda.com is one of those places. It's an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. At lynda.com, you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on topics from software development, web development, graphic design, business, photography, videography, you name it, they've got it. I've worked out an exclusive deal with lynda.com to provide you with a special offer access to all courses free for seven days. To get that, visit lynda.com slash art of man to try lynda for free for seven days. That's lynda.com slash art of man. And now to the show. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. So last year, I wrote a series of posts about becoming a sheepdog. So there's this analogy out there that there are three types of people in the world. There are sheep, which is most of the population, which are just nice, innocent people. There are wolves, which is a very small portion of the population, and they're the bad guys, the criminals, and they prey on the sheep. And then there are sheepdogs, and these are the individuals who protect the sheep, protect the herd. And they're a very small portion. Anyways, I got this analogy from a book that our guest wrote. His name is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. And if you are in law enforcement or in the military or are interested in self-defense, you are probably familiar with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman's work. Uh, He's written two very influential books. The first one is On Killing, which is about just that. It's about killing, not murder. We're talking about killing individuals who, in the line of duty or in an effort of self-defense, have to take the life of another human being. And it's all about the physiological and psychological response that happens before, during, and after the act of killing. And it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. And we're going to talk about in our podcast today why that is. And the, the second book he wrote is On Combat, which is about preparing your mind and your body for life or death situations for combat. Dave Grossman's work, his research has had a a profound impact and influence in the military on what soldiers are doing now to prepare for combat. And we're going to talk about some of that stuff that he's done. And uh, even if you're not in the military or interested in tactical stuff, I still think you can get something out of this podcast because it's all about, at its core, what Dave Grossman talks about is managing stress and the, the tactics the, the mindsets that he teaches his students are just as applicable to corporate warriors as they are to actual warriors. So in any ways, too, it's, it's just interesting, a very fascinating topic, the, the subject of killing, uh, because it doesn't really get talked about all that much. So uh, with that said, uh, let's get started on killing, on combat. Here we go. All right, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. 
All right. So you have had, um, I mean, just, uh, you spent your, your entire career studying, you know, some very unpleasant things, killing and what happens to a human being in combat, as well as being an advocate for trying to, I guess, diminish violence in America, and as well as prepare individuals, both in law enforcement and in the military, and also citizens on how they can be ready for those violent confrontations if they were to happen. Um, so I'd like to, if, if at all possible, try to cover your, your just huge breadth of work um, with a few questions to get people who, are, who aren't familiar with your work uh, a little bit more familiar, and then people who are familiar, because I know we have a lot of listeners who are, are big fans of, of your books, uh, a little bit more insight. Um, so your, your first book that really you know, caused a lot of waves and got a lot of attention was a, a book called On Killing. Uh, how long ago was that published? It came out in 95. 95. Uh, okay. About three years before I retired from the Army, I was on active duty. I'd been a West Point psych professor. And uh, the book uh, now has got about half a million copies sold. It's translated into eight languages. Uh, Marine Corps Commandant's required reading. Recommended reading is for the Army and the uh, Air Force. And, and what inspired you to, I mean, it's such an unpleasant idea, right? Killing. Um, no, I enlisted in the Army in uh, 1974. Uh, the Vietnam War ended pretty much in 72. I was a young uh, paratrooper. We had uh, combat veterans all around us. Uh, and the young, the young troops wanted to know what combat was going to be like. And nobody would say. It was this kind of taboo topic. And I remember at the time being fascinated by, you know, what's going to happen in combat? What's going to be like in combat? Trying to get combat veterans to talk and tell us. And then uh, fast forward uh, 15 years, and I'm uh, uh, en route to teach at West Point as a psychology professor. Uh, My undergraduate training is a military historian. I said psychology. I don't want no stinking psychology. I'm a a beady-eyed killer, and I'm Army Ranger. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm a historian, but... But I would have taken a graduate degree in underwater basket weaving if that's what uh, if that's the, the program the army uh, let me take. So I uh, I said I'll study the psychology of killing. And uh, the army pounded a, a square peg into a round hole. My particular personality background would almost never become a psychologist, and somebody with the personality background of studying psychology would almost never have looked at this topic. So uh, I, my uh, graduate work was all on this topic. I published the book afterwards as a West Point psych professor, as, a, uh, as an army ranger, an infantry captain. All of a sudden, people would talk to me, and they would tell me, and they would give me a depth of information that, that most people will never get. And it was really an honor and, a, and an obligation to get this, uh, this body of information. And, uh, and that pretty well became my book, uh, On Killing. On killing, and it's interesting that you noted or you, you talked about how um, the veterans wouldn't want to talk really about what happened in combat. It's like a very private thing. And, and, and on killing, you actually compare the act of killing very similar to the act of sex. It's, like it's a private act that most people don't talk about. I mean, how how is sex and killing similar? I retired from the army seventeen years ago now, nineteen ninety eight. I've been on the road almost 300 days a year, going on 17 years. I, I train. I'm the only law enforcement trainer qualified to train in all 50 states. I train every federal agency. I train all of our Tier 1 spec ops and all branches of the service. I also do a lot of work in school safety and, uh, as you said, civilian sheepdogs, mental preparation for the mm-hmm. battle. And uh, as, I, as I talk with my, my sheepdogs, I get a depth of information the average person won't get. And I ask questions others won't ask. And I found out my firefighters, after a brutal life and death four alarm fire, finally get the fire out, finally get home at the end of the shift. And cops say, uh, knock down, drag out, fight, cuffed him and stuffed him, finally get home at the end of the shift. And cops say, gunfight, bad guy's dead, I'm alive. Finally get home when it's all over. And they all say, the best sex I've had in months. <laughs> Both partners are very invested in some very intense sex. Uh, I tell my cops, I, I say, there's nothing wrong if, if it doesn't happen. There's nothing wrong if it does happen. Is it the affirmation of life in the face of death? Is it a hormonal surge? We don't know. 
But there's not a whole lot of perks that come with this job. You find one, relax, and enjoy it. And then, yeah. now is that off-duty? Wait, wait, wait until you're off-duty. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the reproductive drive in the face of death is very powerful. And the, the two both are kind of mixed together in a, in a taboo realm. And, and our depth of ignorance and our lack of knowledge in those fields. I'll give you just one example, Brett. And this sure. is straight out of me. Uh, uh, for better or worse, this is, this is uh, my concept. But, you know, the, uh, the necktie. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the necktie. It starts down at the crotch. It comes up to your neck. It's got a big knob on the top. Uh, it's been in style for over, over 100 years. Fashions come and go, come and go. And the necktie's been there for over 100 years. Uh, it's it's a dick. It's not just a phallic symbol. It's a dick. A hundred years from now, they'll look at photographs of us with our neckties, and they'll all they'll all laugh and titter and say, "Couldn't they see it? Couldn't they see it? They're all wearing a big dick. They're wearing a dick all the time, everywhere. They wear the dick." And I tell my cops, you know, you you knock on the front door, and you're both in your suits. You got your dick on. The guy that answers the door doesn't hit. The little monkey brain goes, woo, 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 and it works. It works. It's intimidating, and uh, and if everybody has theirs on and you don't have yours on, it doesn't work. Of course, the bow tie is the guy that should not play in the game. <laughs> He's opted out. And, and more or less a quasi-effeminate type. Yeah. Uh, I, I always wear a bolo tie now. You know, the, the, the cowboy bolo tie. The cowboy should not play in the game. Here's my dick. He pulls out his gun and waves his gun at you. There's my, there's my dick. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about, about, you know, about this phallic symbol or this phallus that you're carrying. Yeah. But I'm telling you, once you look at it, you know, and women almost never wear it. Women will, any fashion a man has, a woman will have. With very rare exceptions, women won't wear a tie because the monkey brain is confused. The monkey brain sees a woman with a tie and says, oh, oh, it, it doesn't work. Uh, it's there. It's powerful. Uh, it permeates every aspect of our society, and we're completely blind to it. Yeah. When we talk about things like uh, killing insects, these are just topics where, where social taboos and social blind spots uh, are, are just everywhere. And, and our inability to... Uh, to pierce those is, is pretty powerful. And uh, the destructive act and procreative act are pretty interwoven, and I've pretty much dedicated my life to studying that. Yeah. And you talk about in the book how, because of taboos we have in our culture, things like uh, sex and things like killing, it's more of an abstraction for people now. They don't, you're not really close to it anymore. Uh, you know, 100, 150 years ago, most people lived on farms where they saw, you know, the slaughtering of animals, right? Right. I saw animals reproduce all around. And they saw animals reproduce. But now, you know, most people are just so distanced from that. They, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what so, effect does that distance or, of, from killing and from sex, I mean, what does that have on a, a, what kind of effect does that have on a person when they actually engage in like having to protect themselves and kill another person? Yeah. They're, they're far less prepared uh, psychologically. And it's not a big deal. We don't want to cop a pity party. But I'm convinced from a lifetime of study, the single best way to prepare for combat is hunting. Uh, my little, I, I, never, I had three boys, and I never was able to take them hunting. I was in the Army. Uh, I, I was just going 100 miles an hour day after day after day. But I've got grandchildren now, and I consider it my responsibility to take my grandchildren hunting. I block out a week or two every year for deer camp, uh, one in Alabama with relatives, one in Minnesota with relatives. So, and uh, took my little grandson, my oldest grandchild, uh, 12 now. But when he was seven, we went to deer camp the first time. And he came back a week later. He'd gotten out of school for a week, he'd grubby and dirty, hadn't taken a shower or a bath in a week, and uh, just absolutely on top of the world. And his mom said, what'd you like the best? And he said, gotten the deer. For a seven-year-old boy to see all that, that crap and stuff inside of living creatures, fascinating. And that's a healthy response. That's the way it ought to be. In those early inquisitive stages, we should be confronted with that stuff. We should be familiar with that stuff. Uh, and then in later ages, uh, a mark of manhood would be to kill your own food and uh, to bring it home, uh, uh, to be intimately f- familiar with, with the, the smell of blood and crap inside living creatures. And it means food on the table. From your youngest days, you would wring the neck of a chicken and you would gut it. You know, the, the youngest child who was physically able to do it would would wring the chicken's neck and gut it and pluck it. And, and that smell meant food on the table. And it was a, an integral part of who we were as a species from our youngest days. And we've really grown separate from that. Meanwhile, um, sex is uh, either pornography with a twisted, distorted, really misrepresentation of the intimacy of sex, 
or it's uh, it's something in private. Uh, uh, but it, throughout history, sex was something noisy that happened in the night. Uh, everybody slept in a common room, and uh, and uh, uh, animals, of course, were reproducing all around us. We were in tune with this cycle of life, so we we've, we've kind of opted out of those aspects of life. We've made sex something rather taboo, and uh, and we either study it on, in a pornographic realm, or we we repress it, uh, and the same thing we're killing. We either study it on a, in a pornographic realm with violent movies, uh, which don't give you remotely the, the proper uh, understanding of what happens, or uh, we, we, we repress it and, and refuse to even uh, participate or, or discuss it in any way. So they, these two represent really the, the great taboos of our era, hmm. uh, and, it, and it's all around us, uh, violent symbology and... Uh, and sexual symbology, like I said, the necktie and uh, uh, future generations. Of course, our, our whole problem with uh, with media violence and violent video games inflicted upon children uh, threatens the very fabric of our civilization. Mexico is our future. Uh, Mexico's had more loss of life than Iraq and Afghanistan put together. Mexico's been at war with the cartels. A generation of kids uh, trained on video games and trained on violent movies are, are ripping Mexico apart at the seams and they're coming at us like a freight train. Now for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hey, Art of Manliness listeners. So if you've been wanting to learn a new skill because you want to start a business or you want to get that promotion you've had your eye on, or if you just want to learn something for fun or for a hobby because you just like learning new stuff, you should definitely check out lynda.com. This place has just thousands of courses on just about everything, photography, videography, business management, online marketing, pretty much anything, those skills, those soft skills that are in high demand in today's economy. And I, like I I started in the last week's episode that I've been checking out the photography stuff because I got this new DSLR and I have no idea what I'm doing with it. So I've been using their video courses and I'm starting to pick up what ISO is. I didn't know what that was before. I'm learning how to do that cool, make things in focus in the front and then like blurry in the background. So it looks all artsy. I forgot the name of that. Anyways, I can do that now with my camera, which I'm pretty proud of. Uh, and I learned that on lynda.com. Anyways, it's video courses. You pay a low fee of $25 a month and you get access to all of those courses. If you get signed up for the premium package, you can even watch those videos on your smartphone to go when you're on the go. So here's the thing. We got an exclusive deal for Art of Man listeners. If you go to lynda.com slash art of man, you can get access to all courses for free for seven days. So visit lynda.com slash art of man. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash art of man. And now back to the show. So you, yeah. Yeah, you make the argument in your book that, um, you know, naturally as human beings, we have a resistance to kill yeah. other humans. Um but you make the case that things like video games and violent movies is actually reduces that resistance. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, uh, you know, the the after effect of it, post traumatic stress disorder. I cover in my book on combat. Uh, after ten years on the road, uh, training cops and military daily, uh, my my repertoire had evolved until it was a totally different topic than on killing. I called it the Bulletproof Mind, and the Bulletproof Mind was turned into the book on combat. We did a two-hour, uh, a two-day presentation of uh, the Bulletproof Mind, and we audiotaped it, and we transcribed it. And that became the foundation for on combat, which is really the next step in this evolution mm-hmm. of understanding PTSD and, and the, the aftermath and the physiology and how the, what happens in the heat of battle. How in the hell? Could we have had 500 years of gunpowder combat and not known that people don't hear their shots? I'll get an audience of, of 500 people. I'd say, how many hundreds we got out here? Half of them will raise their hand. I said, you ever notice something? You take your rifle to the range, you fire one shot from your hunting rifle in the range without hearing protection, your ears are going to ring. You go to, shop, you go to drop a deer. Boom! The shot echoes across the valley. People a half mile away hear the shot. Hunter, what do you hear? They all say nothing. I say, how many, how many of you experienced that, what we're talking about? Come on, raise your hand. Boom. They all raise their hands. Uh, they, they didn't hear a sound. with uh, The auditory exclusion, the, 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 the shots are quiet when you're killing. And, and it's not about a, an, an arousal level. It's not about physiological arousal. It's about the act of killing. 
when uh, when the predator shuts down his roar. But I, I, I've got case after case of uh, of police officers who, in in the heat of a gunfight, stopped firing because they couldn't hear their gun and they thought something was wrong. Uh, yeah, think about it. Five hundred years, five centuries of gunpowder combat. And we never bother to let people know ahead of time, hey, by the way, you, you probably won't hear the shots at the moment or two. Uh, the magnitude of our ignorance, the depth of understanding, the failure to, to uh, uh, analyze and assess and, and examine this topic, it's just stunning. Well, so what's, um, let's talk about that, the, the whole bulletproof mind and, you know, on combat, because that's um, something we've written about on the site, like, you know, the idea of, you know, being a sheepdog, right? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of that research. What happens? You mentioned auditory exclusion is one thing that happens, not just in high stress situations, but just in the act of killing. But let's say you are in a um, an active shooter situation or a home invasion. What happens to the body um, physiologically into the mind psychologically when that sort of thing happens? Well, forgive me for a minute while we make a little sure discursion. The, the term you just used, active shooter. Okay. It's active mass murder. A shooter's, an active shooter is what happens on the range. An active shooter is a guy who got lucky during deer season. We're, we're in such denial that we can't even use the proper term for what's happening. Mm. These, these are active mass murders. These are massacres. Uh, uh, the Boston Massacre. Five dead in the Boston Massacre. One of the things set off the American Revolution. St. Valentine Massacre. Seven dead murdered in the St. Valentine Massacre. Uh, and, and it was world famous. Add them up. Add up the Boston Massacre. They say Valentine Massacre. You still got more dead in Columbine. Double that number. You still got more dead at Virginia Tech or Sandy Hook. Yeah. These are massacres. And, and, and we, they're mass murders, multiple homicides. And we can't even call them what they are. Yeah, that's and, true. And, you know, uh, what do we call the most horrible criminals in history? The Columbine shooter, the Virginia Tech shooter, the Sandy Hook shooter. These are not shooters. The shooter's a guy at the range. The shooter's a guy... Uh, you know, they got lucky during deer season. These are, these are the Sandy Hook mass murderer, killer. These are vicious slaughterers. And, and, and the very fabric of our society is such, such intense denial that we call them shooters. It, it, and I ask my cops, is the word shooter a synonym for horrible mass murder? When you open the dictionary and look up the word shooter, does it say, number one, horrible mass murder, the most terrible criminals in human history? No. But I tell my cops, if you use the word shooter to refer to these horrible criminals, in time you're a shooter, you're condemned by your own words. We, we, we refer to these horrible criminals as shooters. We refer to these horrible acts as shootings. And then when the cop's the shooter, the media condemns you because you're the shooter. And you told them the shooter is a horrible mass murderer. I said, cops, you will always be condemned. The media will eat you alive if you take what you are, a shooter. What, what you do, shoot. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day. I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer a free plant consultation forever. So I use Fast Growing Trees to order not an indoor tree, but an outdoor tree. There is an oak tree that was in our front yard that died a few years ago due to heat stress. Had to cut it down. There's been a blank spot that I wanted to put another tree there. I wanted a maple tree that turned bright red during the fall. 
And I went on fast growing trees, found the tree that fit the criteria that I was looking for, turns bright red. It's a maple tree that turns bright red in the fall. So if you want to try fast growing trees right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code manliness at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using code manliness at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code manliness offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, it's one of the first things I did. I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. And make it a horrible match. Please, please help us stop using that word shooter or active shooter situation. It's an active mass murder. And he could be throwing Molotov cocktails. You know, he's throwing bombs. I'm sorry, only turned for active shooter. I can't deal with this one. Or he's got knives. A kid in Pennsylvania in his high school just a couple of months ago slashed 19 people with knives. Well, it's an active slasher. I only turned for active shooter. I'm sorry. I can't deal with this one. We're, our very language is tied up in knots, trying to, trying to not talk about the reality of what's happening. That's so a good we're this life and death event. That's and a so, good. We're going to take a quick break for you, word from our sponsors. If you made a goal for yourself to read the great books of the Western world, but have had trouble following through with it, check out Online Great Books. It's an online platform. You sign up, they're going to mail you a physical copy of the book you're going to read. So if you're reading Republic that month, they're going to send you a physical copy of Plato's Republic. You're going to read it. They're going to give you a reading schedule, send you reminders so you keep pace with your reading. You'll be assigned to a class where you can discuss the book in the form. And at the end of the month, you'll have a video seminar where you can talk about this in real time. It's a great way. You have accountability. Plus, you have someone to talk to about this stuff and sort through this and think through it. So if you'd like to check this out, go over to onlinegreatbooks.com. And when you're ready to sign up, use code AOM at checkout to save 25% off your first three months. Again, onlinegreatbooks.com, code AOM at checkout to save 25% off your first three months. And now back to the show. Good point. I, I think it's a, it's a symptom of uh, not wanting to imbue morality into the discussion. We want to keep it very distant, right? Well, it's more than that. Uh, it, it's uh, it is a moral statement. Uh, if, if we if we say cops are shooters and shooters is is a is an ugly word, it will immediately condemn the cops. It, it's not just an attempt to distance ourselves. It's a it's an attempt to not even talk about it. Uh, uh, an attempt to instead of saying mass murder uh, or or even active killer, we talk about the most innocuous aspect of what happened: shooter. Yeah. And so uh, it's a little bit different than, than that. But in the moment of truth, when a human being is trying to steal your life away and, and you have to steal their life, you have to take their life uh, in, in defense of your own life, 
a variety of things are going to happen. First and foremost, with the vast majority, the, the greatest proportion, they don't hear the shots. Now, if you're hunkered down and hiding, the shots can be boom, 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 overwhelming. But as soon as you turn your predator neurons on, as soon as you start shooting, the shots get quiet, almost without fail. Now, then, uh, then we have tunnel vision, the next most common thing, around 80% of tunnel vision. Some people talk about tunnel vision like looking through a, a toilet paper tube. Other people call it a soda straw. Very, very intense. And you'll get, uh, you get uh, a, a slow motion time. And the slow motion time runs around maybe 6 out of 10 or so will experience that. And it's very powerful. And I'm convinced that it's real. I've had thousands. No exaggeration. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm on the road 300 days a year for 17 years, plus all the research before I retired. Every day I talk to people who have been in killing situations and life and death situations. Every day I get to interview people who come up and talk with me in exchange of information. And I've had thousands that tell me they could track the bullets in combat. Not like the Matrix where the bullet crawls past. It's kind of like paintball where the bullet's slow enough you can track it with your eyes. And in two different cases, people tell me they tracked the bullet where it hit, in one case a wooden fence, in one case a brick wall. And afterwards, they were able to... Uh, walk up to that spot and point to where the bullet hit. Just a tiny hole in a, in a wooden fence or a, a little smear in a brick wall. And there's no way they could have done that if they weren't tracking them with their eyes like they said they were. So this, uh, this business of, uh, of the slow motion time is, is wild and it can mess people up. And then, then about half of all trained seasoned cops have memory gaps, blackouts. Uh, Data is just coming in so fast and so furious that all kinds of things seem to get stacked up and they aren't processed. And after a couple of nights of sleep, some of that stuff comes back. A guy named uh, Bill Lewinsky, Dr. Bill Lewinsky, has started something called the Force Science Institute. Uh, just one of the great geniuses of our time, one of the great initiatives of our time. And they've got scientific research to establish a foundation for police policy. And what they say, and this has become national best practices, after a deadly force incident, you do not get a statement from the police officer. Immediately after the gunfight, you're going to get garbage. In military, we've always known the first report of combat is always wrong. Uh, and if you talk to somebody right after the shooting, you have auditory exclusion, slow motion time, you have memory gaps and memory distortions. Upwards to one in five will just flat remember things that didn't happen. Sometimes tiny things, sometimes big things. So the best practices, uh, national standards is you wait for 48 hours before you get a full statement. Otherwise, you'll get garbage, and you have to live with that garbage in court. And you take this officer to the scene, and you have them walk through the scene and tell everything that happens with the memory cues and the actual scene that they're at, and then you'll get a far more detailed thing. So you have this memory gap. And then, uh, like I said, you get the memory distortions. It was, it was one of our Tier 1 Spec Ops medics. Uh, uh, so why did the wounded hallucinate so much? And, and that's a good word for it, you know, remember things that didn't happen, so hallucinations. And he said, why did they always hallucinate bad things? You know, I'm paralyzed, I'm blind, I let everybody down, I'm going to die, I'll never have babies. Uh, 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 you know, just, uh, I, I, just once, he said, uh, in the heat of battle, I'd like to see some wounded guy hallucinate something good. Well, under stress, we envision possibilities. Under extreme stress... What we envision possibility in our mind can become reality. And when we've been wounded, we very seldom envision good things when we've been wounded. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so these hallucinations and this auditory exclusion and this, uh, this slow motion time, uh, uh, set aside the fact that somebody's trying to kill you. Just set aside the fact somebody's trying to kill you. If you sat there right now, boom, uh, auditory exclusion, slow motion time, uh, 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 tunnel vision. Uh, 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 autopilot, your body's doing things without conscious thought, blackouts, gaps in their memories, hallucinations, just those things by themselves would scare the daylights out of you. The fact that somebody's trying to kill you is bad enough without being forewarned and forewarned about the things that happen in combat. So, so we warn people about what happens in combat, and then we warn them about what's going to happen after combat. And that's a critical, critical piece of the equation. You kind of expect crazy things in combat, when weird and wonderful things happen after the event, they can really mess you up unless you've been warned. 
what what are some of the things that can have happen after combat? Is it the memory blackouts well, or? Don't know. What well, what happens is you re-experience the event. Now, uh, you know, if, if 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 you're a kid, you touch a hot stove. Ah! You'll never touch this stove again. A powerful network of neurons, a neural pathway has been established. Whenever there's fear and pain associated with learning, a, a, a instantly a powerful, strong pathway of neurons is established. Uh, I got I got a German Shepherd. When the dog was a puppy, she walked across the threshold and caught her just caught a a, a, a claw on on the threshold and yelped and and something bitter when she crossed that threshold. And I'm telling you, for the next six months. I couldn't get that puppy to cross that threshold without dragging her. A powerful neural network. There's something there that'll bite me. I can't go there. I've got to avoid that. Well, under the stress of a combat situation, the neural pathways are vastly greater than touching a hot stove or having your claw caught in a threshold. Uh, deep and powerful neural pathways are established. But you don't even know they're there. Uh, a week later, a random gunshot goes up and you don't expect it. Like a, a cop, and he told me, he said, I'm, I'm a week after my gunfight, I'm sitting up in the bleachers with my wife, watching my daughter at a swim meet. A starter's gun goes off, and I didn't expect it. Boom! It is as though the event was happening again. Your heart is pounding. You're, 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 uh, you're, you, you, you re-experience the event. And this act of re-experience of the event is normal. By itself, it is not PTSD. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, happens when you try to not think about it. You will literally drive yourself crazy. You cannot not think about something. You will drive yourself crazy trying to not think about it. you got to make peace with the memory. you got to delink the memory from the emotions. Now, the easiest and most effective way to do that is to talk about the event without the emotions come along for the ride. And the breathing exercise is one of the tools we use, and and the shortcut to get people to read, and here's just a little nugget. You know, when I tell my cops, you're going to take one little nugget of the manly art and put it at the top of your list of, uh, in your little toolbox, your little toolbox of response tools. Whenever you're dealing with somebody who's angry, upset, anxious, frightened, including yourself, make them stop and take a drink of water. I, I don't do counseling. I do, don't do therapy. Not qualified. Mm -hmm. But I have had the honor to debrief an awful lot of people about very traumatic events. And the one tool I use, I set a bottle of water in front of them. And every time they become emotional, stop, take a drink, regain control. If you talk about the event and become emotional, then you're reinforcing the link between the memory and the emotions. If you talk about the event and remain calm, then you're separating that link between the memory and the emotions. And that's the path of healing. And one of, one of the tools we have is uh, every time you come emotional, I tell my cops, you know, you've got a citizen who's a victim of a crime. A very traumatic event has happened to them. You get a witness statement from them. If they become emotional, A, you're not getting the, the quality, calm information you need. But B, you're spinning that person down the path of mental illness. But if they talk about the event and every time they become emotional, you make them take a drink, they regain control. You'll be amazed at how well it works. This, this fundamental tool is taken off across the therapeutic world like a grass fire. We used to do the breathing, and now we realize that it's a shortcut to get people breathing. It works for two reasons. This, this business, taking a drink of water, works for two reasons. A deer's being chased by a wolf. A deer's being chased by a wolf. Does he stop and get a drink? Ah, I can't get a drink. I'm being chased by a wolf. He's really thirsty, but he ain't going to get a drink. The very fact that you stopped and took a drink sends a message to the midbrain. Hey, we're safe. We got time for a drink. It literally puts in the clutch and puts that midbrain in a different gear. But it's also a natural way to get people to breathe. Study what you do when you take a drink. You breathe in, you hold your breath, you let it out. Uh, you cannot take a drink without taking a breath. So the path to healing is to delink the memory from the emotions. Now, the way to do that is to talk about it. And every time you talk about it, if you become emotional, stop and take a drink. That's why talking over beer. Hey, the cops call it choir practice. You know, they, they get together after they shift and they talk over a beer. And, and they, you know, they start to become emotional. They stop, they take a drink, they regain control, and they keep going. Just the act of talking over beer. It's the act of, of taking a drink 
that allows you to remain calm and de-length the memory from the emotions. And you've taken the critical necessary first step on the path to healing. When you can talk about the event, hey, what happened in that gunfight with you guys? Tell us about it. What happened? Well, you know, here's what happened. Take a drink. Take a breath. Talk about it. Begin to lose control. Stop. Take a drink. Regain control. Talk the way through it. Pilots, you know, did a debriefing uh, uh, and a beer in, in the mess after every mission. Uh, and we always talked around the, uh, around the campfire. But then starting in World War I, we no longer had the luxury to take the nights off and talking around the campfire. Uh, we had day-night combat for months on end. And we lost something we've always had, which is the ability to debrief around the campfire every night about the battle. And, and so understanding what will happen after combat, understanding how to leash that in, and the age-old process of talking around the campfire or the, the pilot at the mess you know, with the beer in hand and his hands weaving around and showing what was happening. And then every time he begins to lose control, take a drink, regain control. It's as old as alcohol in the campfire. It's as old as warfare. To talk over the event, to de-link the memory from the emotions, regain control. Uh, and we've lost it. And what we've done now is, is recreated it. Uh, and, and it's powerful. And we do it now with the depth of understanding. And, and it's been my life's work to, uh, to communicate these things and to let people know what's going to happen to them before the life and death event. Stress diarrhea, very common. LAPD SWAT, uh, they're in combat every day. They told me. You know, it was always oh, 17 years ago, I first started working. They said, you know what? We're LAPD SWAT. We're in life and death events every day. We, uh, we try to have people give us a 20-minute warning. We're standing by. Said, All right, negotiation's broken down. You're going in. Here's your 20-minute warning. What does LAPD SWAT do with that 20-minute warning? They call it the battle crap. It's a battle crap. Your body will help. It's called stress diarrhea. Do it now. Later on, it may be what's called explosive stress diarrhea. Your body wants to dump the toxic waste. Inside every human body, there's a toxic waste site in the lower abdomen, some of those toxic stuff on the planet. If a wound happens and that stuff leaks out, It'll infect the wound, and prior to penicillin, it was a guaranteed death sentence. So be warned about what happens before the event. Your, your body might want to dump that toxic waste. Uh, be, be warned about what happens during the event, and be warned about what happens after the event. And at every stage, before, during, and after, the tool that we're using to leash in is the breathing exercise. And, of course, the shortcut to get people to breathe is, is to take a drink. Take the drink. So that's kind of the, the whole dynamic in a nutshell of, of the ride and where we've been and what we've done and how we've uh, recreated it across time and laid the foundation for our warriors to be far more capable of performing in, in the heat of battle and in life and death events, whatever they may be. That's really, really fascinating. Um, I thought it was interesting in your book, and you kind of mentioned there a little bit about possibly you kind of allude, make the argument that possibly one of the reasons why there's been an increase in PTSD is that for most of modern warfare, we didn't have that debriefing period, right, after the battles. Like you went to battle and then you were back in your bunk and then the next day you were in battle. And then when the war was over, you know, anciently you had to like march home and it took maybe a month to get home. So you had that time to talk with your comrades about what happened um, and you'd go take part in some like ritualistic activities to sort of cleanse yourself of of war, then you can integrate back into normal society in a healthy matter. But you make the argument that because of the rise of rapid transport, like you could be in Fallujah one day and then the next day you'll be back in Baltimore and you don't have that time to, to cool yeah. off. You know, uh, the Canadian army has kind of set a standard for this, Brent. And when the war first began, uh, it was Canada's first shooting war in 50 years. Korea was the last time Canada was in a shooting war. And uh, they wanted to try to do it right. When they sent the first regiment off to Afghanistan, they did everything they could think of, including having me come and present to the troops. Uh, when that first regiment came home, they said, okay, what worked? They said, Grossman. Grossman told us what it was going to be like. He told us what to expect. He told us how to deal with it, head and shoulders, far and away. The most valuable thing we had was to have Grossman warn us. And one of the things they did with all of this was all the Canadian units coming back from Afghanistan now stopped for a week in Cyprus. <laughs> Cyprus. <laughs> This is, this is one of the most beautiful places on the planet, filled with beautiful women and booze and beaches and the Mediterranean, Cyprus. I mean, this is, this is so cool. And they stop. They're headed home. But, you know, you don't want to, 
and they do their processing and they do the debriefing and they blow off steam and they get an opportunity to to go out and and uh, and and partake of alcohol and talk and women and and all the things they couldn't have in the war zone and then they bring them home it is so brilliant uh the, the, it, and it, it's something that we could learn from that um we we've lost a lot of that dynamic of of marching home together and talking at night over the campfire. So uh, uh, we're learning, okay. and uh, the Canadians have done a great example of how to, how to get it right, uh, barring the uh, the fact that it's not done with our military. We should try to do it ourselves with the returning warriors. Mm-hmm. Take off a week, take a young warrior someplace cool and fun, and 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 spend a little time depressurizing and and partying and uh, and talking. And, uh, and help them be there uh, at that moment. Uh, give them that, that depressurization time if we can. Okay. So let's talk a bit about um, your, new, your new project. Uh, it's Grossman Academy. Yeah. Um, what, who is it for? In- Commandant's Required Reading. And when we take the book uh, on combat, and it is the textbook. And I teach the class, and there's tests. Uh, there's no paper required. But there's tests, and you get a three-semester credit hour class. Uh, in a lot of states, it serves as in-service training for health providers, for law enforcement, for firefighters. So in a lot of states, you can get required in-service training credit for it. And in most college programs, you can get three semester credit hours elective uh, uh, credit for the class. And we've got On Combat out. It's taken off. It's enormously or the, the, the On Combat class in the Grossman Academy, grossmanacademy.com. Just, just go to GrossmanAcademy.com, and there's the on-combat class. And within six months, we hope to have the on-killing class out. And uh, these are the two books, on-combat and on-killing. Uh, and then there are other astounding leaders in the community who I want to have do their own semester credit hour class using their books as textbooks. And I'll introduce them, and I'll, I'll, underst- I'll explain why their books are so important, and, and then have them teach their class, and... And the student, in this case, the student gets an electronic copy of On Combat as, as, as part of the class. Uh, very, very many of our people have already read the book and are able to blow right through the class. And uh, you deserve it. You deserve three semester credit hours for, for having read this book and having this depth of understanding in this field. So we both in psych electives and uh, criminal justice electives and uh, military history electives, uh, and, and just, just any general ed where you've got a, a general elective you can tag, uh, this course fits in and the, and the follow-on courses are going to be a big deal. So, it's kind of funny to think about, you know, I, I, I may be dead and gone. Uh, I'll be 58 tomorrow. Uh, uh, you know, uh, my dad only lived until he was about 60. I hope I'm in real good health. <laughs> I, I plan to fight the good fight for another 20 years. But if I, uh, if I cash in my chips and... Uh, Went home tomorrow. Um, this would be a legacy where people could attend my class and learn straight from my mouth, straight from my mind, uh, not just reading the book, but actually uh, taking that class. And there's something interesting here, Brett. You might get a kick out of it. Sure. In, in the year 2000, they did a study of all of the institutions in Europe that were there in the year 1000 and the year 2000. Isn't that interesting? No nation was, cities, set aside cities now, cities, set that aside. Mm-hmm. But no nation existed with the same name and the same structure in the year 1000 as the year 2000. No corporation, no entity. The only thing was the Catholic Church and several hundred universities. That's all. The universities, uh, uh, the institutes of higher learning, uh, the classes that we can record on modern material and, and be teaching the class potentially hundreds of years from now. It's, it's fun to have a book published and to think that a hundred years from now somebody might still be reading that, a legacy, a kind of immortality. But it, it, it's even more so kind of look at this class and think that it, it might be available to people down the road. It's kind of exciting stuff. And uh, I think I'll be able to find some of the great leaders in various fields to be able to, to do courses and it'll be part of the Grossman Academy and uh, uh, and uh, to, to, you know, Shaolin Temple, uh, uh, a focal point of what I call the warriors of this warrior renaissance. We, we're in a renaissance. We've learned more about the reality of combat 
in the last 50 years and the previous 5,000 years put together. And this warrior renaissance, this, this explosion of knowledge, uh, maybe we can capture it. And certainly we're done with the first, uh, the first course. And I encourage any of your readers to, to go to GrossmanAcademy.com and, and take a look at that first course uh, just for the joy of learning or, or uh, uh, to pick up three semester credit hours and or in-service credit training in your profession. So it is open to civilians as well, not just law That's enforcement? Absolutely. Open to all. Fantastic. Well, Lieutenant Dave Grossman, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Brett, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. You're part of the warrior renaissance. You're part of that explosion of knowledge and depth of understanding of what it means to be a human, what it means to be a male uh, in our species and in our times. And it's an honor to work with you. Well, thank you. I'm honored and humbled by your words. Our guest today was Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He is the author of On Killing and On Combat. You can find both those books on Amazon.com. Really two very interesting reads. Then you can also check out his website, killology.com for more information about his work. And then also check out grossmanacademy.com where you can sign up for his class on combat, which is about getting ready for those combat life or death situations and preparing yourself physically and mentally for it. Grossmanacademy.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy our podcast and you get something out of it, I'd really appreciate it if you go to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it is you use to listen to the podcast and give us a rating or review. That will help us out a lot. And until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.